What's poppin' party people? Happy Hype Friday and welcome back to the Chemistry Cake online podcast where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online and today's sweet guest is Teresa Ambrosio. She received her master's degree from La Sapienza, the University of Rome, in 2014. And as of this year, she submitted her thesis, like literally last month, folks. Ah, This is so exciting, Teresa. Like the loudest of congratulations, finished D with the PH, is... If there is anything, anything that I should hype you up for, this is definitely it. This is so exciting. How does it feel? Um, I'm very happy. It's kind of uh, <laughs> a huge achievement that I have. And uh, it took a while to, you know, uh, acknowledge this, but I'm uh, over the moon. Yeah, I, I feel like this is uh, an accomplishment. So much hard work and now at the end it came all together. So it feels good oh i'm glad this is so exciting like i'm really i'm like super stoked for you and then and then defending thank you very much yeah and then defending will happen soon yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. hype her up Uh, this is so exciting uh folks Teresa is uh, also a psychomer so we'll be chatting about that a little later in this episode but Teresa right now I um I actually wanted to dive into the research that you did um as I understand it right the the emphasis of your doctorate is sustainable chemistry yeah that's correct right um and your research focuses on transitional metal catalysis so could you tell us more about that like what is sustainable chemistry um, so sustainable chemistry is a new concept, so not many people know about it, but uh, basically it was developed around 20 years ago from a professor in uh, Yale, I don't know if this is the correct pronunciation, Yale, and uh, his name is Paul Anastas, and basically uh, the, I think the, the main idea that he wanted to give is to be mindful with chemistry, and uh, chemistry, you know, does lots of good, but sometimes uh, we hear about, you know, the toxicity of stuff and uh, mm. uh, people not really uh, taking care of the environment or like, you know, uh, the outcome of a chemical reaction. So I think what he wanted to um, give to the scientific community and the chemistry community in particular is uh, a new way of designing chemical reaction and processes and, uh, um, you know, taking into account the fact that, uh, the environment is also uh, uh, something we have to uh, put in the equation when we uh, deal with chemical reaction. It's not about you know the yield of a chemical reaction. Mm. It's also the impact that this reaction has on the people that do the reaction, uh, the um, um, uh, the environment, how you deal with the waste after you do this reaction. You know, it's just. Uh, uh, I think in my opinion is that. Uh, it just wanted us to be more considerate mm. and mindful about all the way of uh, designing a process, a new process of chemical or chemical reaction. That's uh, what I, it's my um, opinion on sustainable chemistry, what I got from my PhD. That, that's really cool. I think that's really important as well, because if, if there is a, a way that we can reduce waste, especially in our labs, like why not, especially with some of the materials that we're working with, right? Because some of them are pretty hazardous. And so, um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I remember I had one one class 
on green chemistry just what like when I say one class I don't even mean like an entire term of a class it was literally one lecture uh in my entire yeah. chemistry two hours. Yeah, it, not yeah. even two hours it was like 50 <laughs> minutes but I learned okay. so much I learned like where where like where the solvents are being disposed where the chemical waste is being disposed yeah. it's it's just kind of you know left there and um, if you think like we do small uh, chemistry, like what we do in the lab is uh, nothing. It's we work with uh, milligrams. Right. But if you translate this, you know, concept into industrial scale, mm -hmm. then then you have a problem because we you have tons of waste to deal with. Right. Um, and then you you have to dispose. You have to pay for the waste. Mm -hmm. People deal with this and. Uh, you know, it's a big factor for them dealing with waste. So there is also big input from um, companies right. to on a big emphasis on sustainable chemistry because you know um, it affects them uh, um, very badly. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't see this effect in the lab because we work with small quantities. But when you go on, you know, on large scale, then you you can tell the difference. Right. You know. Yeah. So this is. Another thing that we don't consider in the lab, but yeah. it's important. And it's a good thing to it's a good thing to to keep in mind. So, so then, now my next question then is, um, how can transitional metal catalysis be developed in such a way that is more sustainable? So one of the principle of uh, sustainable the sustainable chemistry is uh, about changing a stoichiometric reaction with catalytic process because. Mm. When you have a catalyst, you work with uh, tiny quantities. So this is uh, it, on its own uh, using a catalyst rather than uh, you know a mole of mm -hmm. reagent is already reducing the waste. So and basically with catalysis, um, I don't know, uh, you you basically reduce the energy uh, barrier for the reaction to occur. And this is how uh, basically uh, you can have a reaction at lower temperature or lower pressure. And this matters because uh, energy, the, you know, how much energy you use to uh, the input, the energetic input of your reaction mm -hmm. is also part of sustainability. If you can carry out a reaction at lower temperature, you save energy, uh, you save money. So uh, it's kind of uh, good in terms of sustainability. So this is why um, there is lots of emphasis on uh, catalysis. And, yeah, uh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Okay, so so transition metal catalysis, which metals did you focus on? Or, you know, do you focus on one metal and then change the ligands? Do you focus on a lot of metals with a bunch of different ligands? Or what's, what's going on there? Okay, so basically, um, uh, I've worked on two different uh, reactions during my PhD. Uh, one was uh, uh, with using iron, and the second one was with using palladium. Mm. So basically, <laughs> yeah, so the first part of my PhD, which was the iron catalysis, uh, um, uh, basically, I designed my own research. So uh, I was a happy PhD student when I started, and then... Uh, um, I was I was really keen on working on uh, this uh, chemical reaction, which is um, basically a um, way of doing halogenations. Mm. And uh, I, you know, I just narrowed down my selection on iron because I've seen that this is the kind of uh, way the reaction is done in nature. So it was like. Uh, 
you know, if you think of sustainability, you say, what's the the best model we have for sustainability and it's nature <laughs> because nature, you know, it doesn't harm. And then I say, let's see what nature does. And then I've seen that this reaction in nature are catalyzed by ion. And then uh, um, this is why I chose ion and uh, to do my uh, chemical reactions. And then um, uh, basically the um, selection and the screening was more about the catalyst. So understanding which catalyst was the best to optimize the reactivity of the metal. So this is uh, basically what I did. So I did in um, um, uh, use of the metals. Well, I did use, but they didn't work uh, as well as iron. So then I focused my uh, entire project on iron. But I was confident that the iron was uh, going to be uh, the best candidate because uh, of what I've seen, you know, in mm -hmm. literature and what nature did. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's basically, yeah, the um, what I did during my first part of my PhD. Right. And so, yeah. okay, before we move on to palladium, uh, I just wanted to, like, just like a, a quick slip in, like to, to say, uh, iron is my second favorite metal. Uh, my first is potassium, but that, that's a different reason. I love iron. Um, like, I am just so fascinated by what yeah. iron, like, <laughs> like magnetically iron is such a, is such an interesting metal. Um, I, and we yeah. can, we can talk about that all like in another episode, but I just like, yeah. I'm really happy that you're working <laughs> with iron and using it as a catalyst because uh, yeah. it's so, it's so cool. Okay. So then palladium, what was going on with palladium? So I'm sure you know, or I don't know basically uh, about the Suzuki coupling. So yes. uh, basically Suzuki coupling is uh, this, uh, I think it's also, I would say a modern reaction. It was mm -hmm. discovered around the seventies and uh, uh, Suzuki won the Nobel prize because uh, basically it's amazing. You uh, use palladium and uh, you um, basically, uh, you are able to create new carbon-carbon bonds and uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the whole point of organic chemistry, you know, carbon, right. carbon bonds. <laughs> this is <laughs> the hardest bond to make. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. And uh, you, yeah, basically it, it's, uh, I've done this reaction in the lab. You just put everything in, the, in your uh, flask and then uh, you warm up the reaction and at the end you get the, your, you know, your product with, 100% conversion that is you know oh my gosh. just works 100 <laughs> quantitative yields folks <laughs> most of them you you actually and uh, you need uh, probably 0.1% of the catalyst in the reaction box so it's kind of gosh. amazing <laughs> so it is <laughs> yeah it's, it's phenomenal uh, this chemistry just blows my mind yeah <laughs> so it's kind of a very um, it, it was really cool yeah you know iron was my you know i was in love love at first sight i would say but then mm -hmm. i discovered palladium chemistry and it's actually cool uh, <laughs> so um i can't disclose which reaction i was working on but basically um i um, used palladium to um, uh, do a new uh, reaction that has never been done before mm. to create yeah new carbon carbon bonds and uh, um, 
the reason why uh, my professor was interested in this um, chemistry uh, was because uh, um, there is not much in the literature really there are very few examples of this reaction and the most common way of doing this uh, so we talk a bit of sustainability so the um, this reaction in large scale uh, it's done by using lead so hmm. in um, so there is a lots of interest and lots of uh, uh, emphasis on uh, finding alternatives catalytic methods that uh, can uh, you know uh, allow for this reaction to occur so uh, this is what i've done the second part of my phd yeah <laughs> Uh, this is all super oh my gosh like i i'm just gonna like wait for the publication to come out because i want to read about this this is cool <laughs> yeah oh, man. This, is so cool. this is so cool research wow okay and what's even cooler is that you're really active in communicating the science to folks who are interested right like whether it be people in the science community or more general audiences and i also know um, that you're super active on social media yeah. and these are the platforms which you communicate this science. So could you tell us a little more about that? Like, um, Yes, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think um, when you do your PhD, uh, as I said, I just worked on these two reactions. So people think that you do, you know, you do cool discoveries and you do everything and you know everything. But actually, when you do your PhD, you just work on a single topic for your entire PhD. And um, at some point I was thinking, oh, but um, am I kind of uh, closing my mind to the rest of, uh, you know, of science? And this is when, when I got involved in uh, science communication. So it was a chance for me to learn about, you know, other kind of chemistry, uh, biology or physics or whatever. So it was uh, um, kind of, again, opening my mind science because you come from your master or bachelor when you study a bit of everything and then you go into your PhD and you just focus on one field of research and uh, um, kind of uh, and I was uh, when I started this science communication I was one of the very first, one of the few people doing chemistry so it was kind mm -hmm. of um, it was fun to show people how it's like to do chemistry because no one knew <laughs> it was a bit of an unknown field in science communication. So it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't really talk much about chemistry or everything we um, hear on the media or social media on TV. It's negativity. So it's uh, right. that chemistry is bad for you. That the chemistry is evil. That all this kind of stuff and it's not really not. So this is why then I kind of uh, decided to put a bit more effort to show uh, mm -hmm. the positive side of chemistry, what, for example, pharmaceutical industry do or sustainable yeah. chemistry. There is something, you know, that actually you want to do good for society, for the environment. So it's not only all bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like that is... I mean, that is why this podcast is what it is, because like chemistry, I, I am, in, I'm, uh, you and I are both so in love with chemistry and, and it's such a rich and beautiful field. Yeah. And I just like, I, I just like, no, no, no. It's like so good. Like, you know, when, when you, when you walk up to someone and say, like, oh, I do chemistry and they're like, oh, 
Okay. What do and you do? Like, oh, no, it's like, what do you do? I do chemistry. Oh. And like, and then there are like the stereotypical questions that ensue, which, I mean, like, anyway. <laughs> well, okay, and you know, and it's really cool that you're doing this, like, and thank you for for welcoming me into the the chemcom yeah. uh, I love community the because I love the podcast. So yeah. when I see something that I like, uh, then uh, I say, oh, this is something. Uh, I have to support and uh, you tell chemists so we need to stick to each other <laughs> yeah, like, and honestly thank you so much for for like wanting to chat with me because i i honest i was just like man like she seems like a really cool person but i don't know like i i it was way beyond me there's like oh there's no way that like sh- yeah. that like th- they'll want to be on my podcast like it's just like it's just i'm just starting off and like <laughs> but it's it's been it's been really sweet and and you know something that i i I follow you on social media as well it's super cool something that you advocate for very actively on your social media is uh well wellness and health and you know self-care which is so important so important like especially for you know folks in grad school and so i just wanted to ask about like your experiences surrounding this like 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 hashtag struggle bus like what was, what was that like <laughs> so basically you know um uh, i think when i started my phd i was going through all the feelings that you know many of us um, experience like uh, oh if i my experiments don't work it's because i'm not good enough if my science mm. uh, you know my i get negative results for longer than one month longer than three months it means that i'm not a good scientist you know i or another thing that I experienced was like on weekends, uh, why I was like imposter syndrome, feeling guilty for mm-hmm. not going to the lab and just enjoying my mm-hmm. time, you know, because my science wasn't going well. And I said, well, I should be working. I shouldn't be here with uh, mm-hmm. my friends enjoying. And this is, um, I guess everyone has these feelings. And uh, many people don't have the I don't know, they're not brave enough or they shamed to talk about this. So this is something kind of uh, um, a taboo. <laughs> I wanted to break down and say, you know, everyone has this experience. Everyone yeah. fails experiments in the lab. Everyone, you know, uh, has this feeling of guilty for not going to the lab. But this is not what PhD is about. PhD is about, right. you know, shifting I know it's hard when you start your PhD, but it's, uh, you know, if you want to do research, uh, in my opinion, of course, you need to change this mindset and uh, um, having a different approach on your research and saying, right. um, this is what I have to do today. This is my plan for next week, next month, whatever. And I will do the best I can over yeah. the la- over the month. If it doesn't work or... Um, these experiments won't, won't work the way I uh, planned, um, it's okay. At least I've done my best. Negative mm-hmm. experiments are still science. Um, I, I, want yeah. to, I want to repeat this twice. <laughs> Negative results are still science. Yes. So, and you know, you can make an art, you know, when you have to write your paper or report or whatever, or during a group a meeting with your supervisor, you say, this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason, you know, the idea behind my experiment is this, and I believe they didn't work out the way I wanted because um, 
X, Y, and Z. And this is how I plan to move forward. Mm -hmm. And this is I'm, my opinion where, um, what the scientific method is. It's about, you know, doing observation, doing uh, your own uh, 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 hypothesis, going to the lab, test, see if they works or not, and understand how you move forward. So um, there is no failed experiment. There is no negative results. It's just science. Right. Even <laughs> so, and about the um, another thing that I, you know, since I have the opportunity to uh, be part of your podcast that I want to say is um, about putting an emotional barrier between your research and yourself. Yeah. So research is your job. You go there, you, know, you stay in the lab, you learn, you do, um, I don't know, you read the, the literature, you do your experiments in the lab, and this is your job. It doesn't define you as a person. Who you are as a person is different. It's uh, your emotions, your feelings, your activities, your hobbies. And um, it's very hard to do this at the very start of your PhD. But um, while you progress, I, I think it's good to uh, kind of learn how to master all this, um, um, you know, uh, how to distinguish yourself as a person and yourself as a scientist. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, uh, I was struggling a lot with this, and uh, um, I know that some university offer therapy. So if people struggle, this is what I would suggest, you know, to probably talk to someone that is um, uh, an expert or um, and uh, kind of deal with your feelings because it helps mm -hmm. how to, so no, you, uh, this is what I say, have uh, boundaries. Yeah. Uh, so that's something I would uh, suggest. I wish someone told me when I started my PhD, but then uh, yeah. I got to this conclusion and I'm very happy because uh, I learned how to manage my emotions and to be happy about my PhD, you know, because I think many people, don't see don't see the positivity but it's very good experience it's uh i would do my phd again if i could mm -hmm. because i've learned a lot and uh but this is now i got to this um you know um to this conclusion because uh, i changed my mindset mm -hmm. about the whole experience and uh, what it, you know what is like how to do research and how it's like what it means to be a scientist so <laughs> This is my wrong mindset now. Uh, and I appreciate I because I'm I'm not in I haven't started my PhD yet. I'm just in my master's program, but I definitely will be taking this little uh, this this nugget with me into uh, into when I when I do start. Um, but that was something I actually learned pretty early on in when I started grad school was, you know, I and, and I think everyone who follows me on social media knows this. I'm a very like passionate very like emotional human being and i can tell oh, <laughs> oh man i've been made um, and you know it at first i put my ever like when i say my everything i mean like my entire heart soul and like all of my emotions into my work and when something didn't work um I thought, wow, like, and you, like, like you'd said, like, I am a horrible scientist. I, I don't belong here. Like, like I've put in all of this energy and for what? Nothing. Um, and, you know, it was actually something that my postdoc had told me where 
there has to be a little bit of a dissociation between emotions and your science, right? So That's at, at the time, at the time, I didn't understand that. I was like, no, I need to like put my everything into this. And what I realized was what he meant by that um, is, yes, like be passionate about the science. That should be your motivation to want to do the science. But, but when the science doesn't go the way that you planned, that is not a reflection of who you are as a person, not a reflection of your work ethic, not a reflection of your character. It's just the science didn't work. Okay, so you you assess that situation and you think, okay, what 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 went wrong, and then and then you use that as like the driving force to move forward. Um, and that took a little bit of exploring for me because it's like, how do I dissociate? You know, like emotions from from science right because it's not as simple as is you know some people may make it to be uh there is a fine line where it's like well if i'm too emotional about it then i've i've made the science the science is me which is not which is not necessarily true but if i'm too indifferent about it then it's like well if you're not enjoying what you're doing should you really be doing it um and that also is a question um that that can cause some controversy. And so uh, I'll leave that to lie. But um, yeah. Um, if I can give my perspective on this, I think for everyone is different. Right. So um, I guess the, um, you should find your balance, what yeah. works best for you. So, uh, you know, I know what this balance looks like for me. For right. You might be different, but this is how you, you know, um, you don't have to be too indifferent or not yeah. too, too much, too passionate. But just you know, in between, right? To enjoy and at the same time saying that I did the best I could. Yeah. There is nothing else. Yeah. So this is a balance that you have to find. It takes a bit of experience, of course. You know, yeah. I don't expect any first-year PhD student to have this grown mindset. But probably later in your research, it's very. It's. I think it's a wise approach yeah. to have. I agree. find your balance. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and then that that's the word that like. I, I I kind of like that word is the theme of my approach to anything really, but especially science is balance, like, and finding that balance is uh, equilibrium, so to speak. No, minimum energy. But yeah, like you know, like balance balance for everything, right? Like with with like ambition and pragmatism. Like sometimes you need to have amb ambitiousness, but but uh, sometimes you also need to be, you have to approach it logically. Like there got, there has to be some practicality toward it, right? Or like emotions and indifference where it's just like you don't want to be too far on either of the extremes. You're right, it's a balance. It's a fine line. Yeah, and this balance is, looks different for different people, you know. And uh, so um, I totally second what your postdocs told you. It's, I think it's a very good advice from uh, an experienced uh, scientist so it, it did give a very good advice yeah so uh yeah i wow wow such a good uh so many so many good gems in this this conversation uh well it does though it does look like we are nearing the end of our chat um teresa thank you so much so so much for reaching out and wanting to chat with me yeah thank you Thank you really for, I love the podcast. And, uh, oh my I think gosh, thank you. you. <laughs> you and I love you on social media, it's great. <laughs> and oh. uh, uh, I'm so happy that 
you started this kind of movement or um, raising awareness no, of uh, motivating people to like chemistry, to be passionate yeah. about chemistry, and very importantly to how to deal with failure because this is a very yeah. uh, elephant in the room for science, yes. not just for okay. chemistry. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, that was really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, folks, folks, for your knowledge, um, and I think I mentioned this earlier in this episode, but Teresa was the one who messaged me and she was like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Is that okay? <laughs> and I was like, heck yes, that is very okay. So like, it was such a great episode. Uh, and I'm so glad that you initiated that, Teresa. Like, thank you so much. It really has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and folks, uh, it has been an absolute delight to have you join in on our chat today. Uh, if you would like to follow the many science adventures of Teresa, you totally should. Um, you can visit her website at TeresaAmbrosio.com. You can follow her on Twitter at TeresaAmbrosio underscore. And you can follow her on Instagram at Teresa underscore Ambrosio underscore com. Uh, all, all links will be provided in the description of this episode. And of course, uh, if you would like to be a part of the hype and join the Cake Nation, you can follow me on Twitter at Chemistry Cake. <laughs> um, we welcome you with open and they arms. And they can message you, too. Oh, they can message the me, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can be like, hey, on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, and also, you know, for updates about the podcast, if you, you can follow us on Instagram at Chemistry Cake Online. Uh, so, folks... You know, I hope you have a happy, hypeful Friday and a fabulous weekend. It is always, always a pleasure and a privilege to serve as the official hype person of the Cake Nation. This is your friendly reminder to stay hydrated, to keep the hype alive, and to edify your village. Thanks for tuning in, Cake Nation. This is Chemistry Cake, signing off. <laughs>